Today is a day to celebrate. Not only is it my birthday, come on, but the Patriots are not in the Super Bowl. In fact, Punxsutawney Phil, you know, the groundhog that comes out on Groundhog's Day, he's even getting into it. He came out of the groundhog, the groundhog, he came out of the hole, he came out of the hole today. He didn't, he didn't do anything. He was just holding a sign that said, cheaters never prosper. <laughs> Don't forget to tip your waitresses. Yesterday, I was in, in the car with my uh, family, and I was kind of fiddling around with my wedding ring, and it flipped off my finger, and I, I felt it hit the ground on the floor of my car between my feet. You know how like, you can feel something? Like, so I knew it, it, it was there, but you know, I was like in a car, so you can't like look under the seat when you're in a car because you'd hit your head on the dashboard. And so I'm like looking, I didn't quite see it, and I thought, okay, when we stop, I'll, you know, get out and look. So when we stopped, I, I got out and I looked. And I looked. And I looked. I couldn't find my wedding ring. So this thought went through my head. I'm, am I still married? Like... <laughs> Does this change anything? Of course not. No, no, I'm still married. The fact of marriage, the state of marriage, has um, no reliance upon the symbol of marriage. So it was the, it was the symbol that I, that I lost, but, but I love my wife, and we're still married. <clears throat> but I just couldn't find it. I wanted to find that ring, and you know, so I'm getting this feet up, I'm looking underneath, I'm picking up the mats, I'm looking in other seats, maybe it rolled, I was looking in the parking lot, in case maybe my foot hit it when I got out and I didn't know, I'm looking under other cars, I'm looking, I'm looking, I just can't find my wedding ring. So it's not on me today, we're okay, I just lost it. (laughs) Have you ever been looking for something and you just couldn't find it? Maybe, maybe it was a, a ring. Maybe it was something really valuable to you. But maybe you've been looking for something and you couldn't quite find it and it was something spiritual. Maybe you're still looking for something you can't quite find. The singer of U2 sings a song. He goes, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Maybe you're still looking for something. Maybe it's spiritual. Maybe you're looking for peace. You just can't find it. Maybe you're looking for forgiveness. You just can't find it. Hope, relationship, restoration of a relationship, love. All these things really can be summed up, summed up in you're looking for Jesus. You're looking for something that Jesus brings. And maybe you found Jesus, but, but still there's holes in our life where we're looking for something that Jesus brings. And sometimes it seems to elude us. Where did it go? Why can't I find this? If you've ever felt that way before, you can take solace in the fact that that, you're not the first person to feel that. In fact, there's a story of of a man in the Bible who was looking for Jesus, quite literally looking for Jesus himself. He was held back and he couldn't quite see it. And we're gonna look today at the story of Zacchaeus, who was looking for something. And his enchanting encounter, his encounter with 
with our Savior. So if you have your Bibles, can you hold it up, give, give it a wave? Or if you have your phone, yeah, show me your screens. Yeah, if you have your phone, you can go to the Bible app and then tap on events and then more, and you can tap on, we'll, we'll pop up, and um, you can tap on that, and, and all the, the scriptures and all the sermon notes for today is right in there, ready to go for you. But um, if you have a paper Bible, you might need a second to flip to it. Go to Luke 19, Luke chapter 19. <clears throat> Luke chapter 19, uh, verse 1. If you're there, say, let's go. All right. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was very wealthy. Okay, so imagine this. Rome, I'm going to try to set the stage. The Roman Empire was occupying the territory. They came in. They were the oppressive regime. And they wanted to tax the people that they protected. Jesus said, fair to do so. Fine. So what they did is they they opened it up and they took bids. Who wants the job to be a tax collector? And Zacchaeus would have put out a bid and said, yeah, I'll be the tax collector. I'll be the chief tax collector. And he then turned on his own people, so to speak, Because everyone saw Rome as the oppressors. So he turns around and works for the oppressor to oppress his his equals. Not only that, but he's the chief tax collector. Which means he didn't necessarily run around and collect tax. He hired the people to go do so. So he was a traitor in the eyes of the people. And he was absolutely a cheater. Because he would take what was necessary... It's kind of like Robin Hood. Remember the, the sheriff of Nottingham who ran around and he would take what's necessary and then take some more. And that would be his cut. That's what the tax collectors for Rome did. They, they would take the tax and, and, and like, like if it's really 10% that they need to take, they'd, they'd say, okay, it's 20%. And they would take more so that they'd get their cut. And Zacchaeus, this dirty, rotten scoundrel, was getting his cut, not off of one group, but the whole region because he hired all the tax collectors. They all had to pay him back up. So this guy is rich on the backs of his fellow citizens. He's a traitor and he's a cheater. And these tax collectors were so hated. They were so despised. They were were rich, but they were the lowest of society. Jesus actually grouped together prostitutes and tax collectors in a phrase once. That's how it was... It was seen in that time. So when we hear Zacchaeus, let's think how he would have felt rich, but hated, despised, rejected, ignored, the lowest of society. Let's think about that as we read through this. Okay, Um, uh, here's uh, verse three. Let's go to verse three. So Jesus is going to come into town. He's going to just go past Jericho. I love that in verse 1, it says Jesus was just going to pass through Jericho. He was just passing through. But this is recorded. Like He wound up staying. We'll see. Verse 3. He wanted to see Jesus. He, Zacchaeus, wanted to see who Jesus was. But because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. The word short used there, it, it does mean physically short. And by context, we know he was a short guy. But that word can also be, the phrase used, can also mean that he was a small in character. 
So when the song goes, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he. It could, you sing it twice because it's true. He was a wee little man in two different ways. And, and we know both are true from, from this passage. So he wanted to see Jesus, but he couldn't because there was all these people in front of him. Here's number one. If you're taking notes, you can write it down. The enemy wants to hold you back. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus. You may want to find whatever Jesus brings. Love, joy, patience. You may be looking for it, but the enemy wants to hold you back. Zacchaeus had these people in front of him. He couldn't get past. Jesus taught us this in John chapter 10. Jesus says the thief, meaning Satan, the thief, Satan, comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Satan wants to hold you back. Thank you. I was about to do it for myself if you didn't. Whenever you feel like you were wronged or something was taken or destroyed, remember that the devil is at work. That's what he does. And here in our story, we see Zacchaeus was feeling held back, not only because of something out of his control. He, didn't, he couldn't control how short he was, but that was holding him back because of the people that, that were too tall. But think about this scenario. Like, I, I imagine, like, so he can't see. He knows Jesus is coming this way, and there's people in front of him. Why didn't he just go around the people? If you're as despised as Zacchaeus was, you think you were going to keep a front row spot? As Jesus followed there was, the crowd probably went along with him. and He would have been shoved, hated, despised. He knew he was never going to be able to actually see Jesus unless he figured out a way past it. The enemy want, wants to hold you back and wanted to hold him back. Why would, just let's slow down and let's think for a minute. Why would someone like Zacchaeus choose to work for the oppressor. He's clearly a pretty creative guy. He probably could have had a few different jobs. But he chose to work for the oppressor. So if he wanted to be seen as like a better person to his comrades, that's the last thing you want to do. Why did he do that? I just like to think about things, and there's nothing in the Bible that proves that I'm right. But we do know he was notably short. And I imagine that Zacchaeus believed a lie, perhaps from a young age, that he was at a disadvantage because of his height. He somehow couldn't, he believed a lie that he sometime, somehow couldn't achieve much or enough or be valuable enough, or be seen as important enough because of something out of his control. And because of that lie that he believed, probably at a younger age, he went through the rest of his life trying to get around that. He made decisions that affected his whole life based upon a lie that he believed, a lie that the enemy told him. Because he believed in that lie from Satan, he chose a whole career path that he thought validated him. Since nobody else thinks I'm important, 
I might as well get a couple centurions to be my private security detail. That'll make me important. And it led him through a whole life full of sin. It, was, it just started because of a lie. And he agreed with the lie from the devil, and it held him back. Satan wants to hold you back in your relationship with Jesus. And he will do it through lies. Preach it, Pastor Adam. Thank you, in the back. He will do it through lies. He lies. I used to think that I was too much of a goody two-shoes for God to use me. That doesn't even make sense. (laughs) But I believed it. And I thought it was true. Can we be open on our hearts to admit just to ourselves that you may be believing things that aren't even true? Perhaps they don't even make sense. They just make sense to a person who believed it when they were four, a person who believed it when they were 12 because of something that happened. These lies that we believe affect us greatly. It's how Satan holds us back. It's how the enemy holds us back. In fact, I believe many afflictions that God's people deal with today, they're afflictions, but often we look at them uh, and we just see the affliction, but rather we need to look at the root behind that affliction. Often the root behind the affliction that we deal with is rooted in a lie. A lie that we believe because of trauma, because of something someone said, just because of a lie that the enemy tells us. Depression, insomnia, eating disorders, unending sadness, anxiety, panic attacks, fear, can't concentrate, bitterness, stinky, bad attitudes, feeling rejected, hopelessness, Many times, these afflictions that God, that that we're dealing with, we're dealing with because of a lie that we've agreed with. Why does Satan tell us these lies? Because he wants to hold us back. He wants to hold us back from Jesus. that's That's what the people represented in this story. Zacchaeus was trying to get to Jesus, but... Zacchaeus, this dirty, rotten scoundrel, believed a lie, and it changed his whole life. So uh, end of the story, uh, spoiler alert, Zacchaeus meets Jesus. Let's see how he got past the lie. Can we look in verse 4? Verse 4, Luke 19, verse 4. So Zacchaeus, he ran ahead, and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. How creative. How creative. He knew he he wasn't going to elbow his way in front of people. So he just climbed up a sycamore tree. When I was little, I always was confused by the song. It was a sycamore tree. And I thought, how could a short man climb up a a sycamore tree? The Bible's very clear. It was a sycamore fig tree, different tree altogether. In fact, we have a picture of a sycamore fig tree. Yeah, this is a sycamore fig tree. See how low those those branches were? It would have been pretty easy for a a short guy to get up there. Um, In in fact, yeah, if we zoom in, Zacchaeus... (laughs) He was actually there. That, that, that's 2,000-year-old that's, uh, photography. There was a photographer in, somewhere in this, between verse 3 and 4, I think. <clears throat> yeah, so that's the keys. <coughs> so he climbed up, up, up a tree to, in order to see Jesus. Here's number two. If you take writing notes, you can write this down. You have to make your move. You have to make 
your move. The enemy wants to hold you back, but you have to make your move. Zacchaeus figured out a way. If I was translating this Bible in a paraphrase type of translation, I, I would have changed this verse to, Zacchaeus decided to bust a move. You got to bust a move. The enemy's holding you back. You have to bust a move. Turn to the person next to you and say, bust a move. This, I believe, is more significant. The tree, I think, is more significant than we've given credit sometimes. It would have been an amazing miracle had Zacchaeus been behind rows and rows of people and Jesus walked by, stopped. Just imagine this. Jesus walked by, stopped, and said, Zacchaeus, in the back, come forward. That, what a miracle. He would have seen Zacchaeus and miraculously knew he was there. That would have been an amazing miracle. But in God's providence, that's not how this went down. Zacchaeus had to make a move. Nothing happened when Zacchaeus was behind the people. He had to bust a move. Enchanting encounters with God. Salvation. Deliverance. Freedom. Restoration. Enchanting encounters with God, for you and me, are partnerships with God. He has all the power, but we have to bust a move. The Bible says it like this. There's a verse here I want to I wanna see. The next one. Yeah, Philippians chapter 2. Continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. So God's the one that works, but we have to work it out. You have to make your move. James says it like this in the voice translation. Removing action from faith is like removing breath from a body. All you've got left is a corpse. You might be familiar with a more traditional uh, translation. Faith without works is dead. Jesus' ministry, many of his miracles even, were about partnering with us. Go back and read the feeding of the 5,000. Jesus didn't multiply that food. What? The disciples did. Jesus walking on water wasn't about Jesus walking on water. It was about Peter doing it. Just read the context. It's there. Jesus' ministry was all about partnering with him. So we have to make our move first. Last week, Pastor shared how uh, Saul, Paul, Saul slash Paul, uh, he had to make the move first to get on Straight Street to go see Ananias. And here it is in this, in this passage as well. Zacchaeus had to make his move first to climb up a tree. It's like when my, my kids are trying to climb up something, they go... Help me! You didn't even try. I'm not going to help you get up there if you don't try. My kids will never grow if they don't try. So I let them try. When they, help, Dad! I give them a little scooch up because they're trying. They're never going to grow. If I don't make them try a little bit. Your faith is never going to grow. 
if you don't try a little bit. So don't stand in the back behind all the people. Don't stand in the back behind your problems. Don't stand in the back behind whatever it is that holds you back and say, well, if God's going to come after me, I guess he's going to. If he wants to come after me, he can. <laughs> he's, he's God. So. Doesn't work that way. Go get yourself up a, up a sycamore fig tree. Make your move. I really believe most of us want to meet Jesus, either for the first time, if you've not met Jesus before, today can be your day. Most of us want to meet Jesus, either for the first time or just again, on a deeper level. I hope it's every person in the room. I want to meet Jesus again today. And tomorrow, I want to meet him again. Just a little more. I hope there's no exceptions to that in the room. We want, we want to be closer to God than we are now. We should all want to meet Jesus. And if we want to meet Jesus, we have to ask ourselves the question regularly, what moves did I make? Are you even trying to read your Bible? Are you making time for prayer in your life? Have you made time for other things but not for God? got to make a move. There's many of you who have started our deliverance process and you've stopped at getting the papers. You've stopped. We, we've shown you the first step, which is forgiveness and breaking soul ties, and then you stopped. you got to make your move. You want to be free or not? you got to make your move. We want to make our deliverance process easier than ever. We've actually totally revamped the website. You can get started on it now without even talking with someone initially. If you go to mynewhope.in and tap on I want to get free, it'll take you to a big old page that answers a whole bunch of questions for you. Anything that, that we thought you might want to know, we tried to answer it. We even made a whole like, half-hour video. You don't have to watch it, but if you have questions, watch it. And then when you click on the next step, it takes you through the whole first process of forgiveness and breaking soul ties. And you could do it all, you can do that first step all on your own. There's some short little videos that guide you through it. We'll give you the, uh, some deliverance paperwork. You can print it out or we'll mail it to you. And you can do that first step all on your own. You, but if you want to get free, you got to make the move. You got to climb up a tree. Somebody say preach it. All right, let's see what happened after Zach made his move. Uh, verse five. So when Jesus reached the spot where the sycamore fig tree was, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus! How cool is it that he knew his name? Either by reputation or by, you know, because he's God and he knows everything. But he called him out by name. Hey, Zacchaeus, not hey you, not shorty. Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he, Zacchaeus, came down at once and welcomed him gladly. Here's number three. If you're writing it down, here you go. God will find you. God will find you. When we get serious with God, he calls us. And he leads us into a deeper relationship. 
This verse is significant because it shows how Jesus feels about us. Hey, Zacchaeus. He knew his name. God will find you. You. He will find. He wants to lead us into a deeper relationship. James 4 verse 8 says this, come near to God and he will come near to you. So my paraphrase, bust a move, make your move first and God will come near to you. Zacchaeus was not seen by Jesus as who he was. He was seen by Jesus as who he would become. And that's how Jesus looks upon each of us. And that moment was transformative for Zacchaeus. It's been transformative for some of you. Changed everything. Last, uh, last group semester, I was leading a group, and there was one man in my group who had a terrible time with, um, with the fact that he was working next to a bunch of non-Christians. He was so discouraged that he was working with non-Christians, and he, he said, I gotta get out of there. I can't, I can't stand being next to people that don't, don't believe in Jesus. And it was such a blessing for me to step back and watch another group member come around him and say, yeah, yeah, I know what that's like. But this is an opportunity for you, not a curse. Like, this is an opportunity for you. You get to be Christ to the people that don't know him. God found that man in that group. He found that man in a group. God wants to grow you. He wants to find you. And he often uses other people to do it. Sometimes the people I'd never expect, God uses. He wants to help you and he's waiting for your move. God can find you in many places, but he most often uses a relationship to do it. When we get relationships with other believers, our spiritual depth changes. Jesus showed us repeatedly that real life change happens best in the context of relationships. That's why we want you in a group. We want you to grow. It's going to happen best and most in the context of a relationship. So would you join a group? We have four types of groups, activity, growth, outreach, and serve teams. It's ways for you to be involved. Maybe you're already involved in some. Great. One of the groups I'm really excited about is a, a growth group called In the Meantimes. It's going to be meeting during the 11 o'clock service. Uh, so, you know, you got to be here. But that group is around the question of, what do I do when there's nothing left to do? What do I do when there's nothing I can do? When there's no way back and there's no way forward. And I'm stuck in the middle. In the meantime, how do I handle that? Another group I'm really excited about is called Fresh Start. This Fresh Start group is for anyone that needs a fresh start in your faith. If you're a newer Christian, this is for you. you like, like, you need this. If you're weak in your faith, you need this. If you've recommitted your life to Christ, you need this. If you've recently gone through the deliverance process, you need this. It's going to correct some of the lies that you believed. If you feel like it's time for a fresh start, 2020, I want a fresh start with my relationship with Jesus, you need this. 
the Fresh Start group. I'm really excited about that growth group as well. There's a lot of other great growth groups and activity groups and outreach groups and serve teams that you can be a part of. All of that's available on mynewhope.in, uh, or you can stop over there and get a paper guide. One of the things about a paper is once it's printed, it can't change. So there, there's actually a couple groups that are on, that like they were added like yesterday. Um, so the, the paper g- gives you a lot of information, and it's kind of easier to kind of see everything sometimes. Um, but if you want to see the full list, it's, that's all online and sometimes changes a lot. Um, so go take a look at that. God wants to find you, and he loves to do it through a relationship. That's just how he, um, he looked to call Zacchaeus by name. All right, so uh, let's go on, uh, verse 7. Here's the result of having lunch with Jesus. So, so, so uh, in, in this story, Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree. I must come over to your house. I'm hungry. And Zacchaeus welcomed him over. He didn't say I'm hungry. Maybe he did. It's time. I must come over to your house. So this is what happened. Um, first thing, verse 7. All the people saw this, and they began to mutter. He's, Jesus has gone to be the guest of a sinner like Zacchaeus. But Zacchaeus stood up, and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord. See, we don't know what happened at lunch. We don't know what they ate. We don't know what they talked about. But we know something happened. Because Zacchaeus was a traitor and a cheater. All his wealth was made by cheating people and doing what he shouldn't do. And look at this 180. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. Verse 8. But Zacchaeus stood up and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of all my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Why didn't Zacchaeus give everything he had to the poor? He only gave half. Why? He needed the other half to pay back all the people he cheated. His life seriously changed. Here's number four. You're never the same. Did I not read the whole verse? Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. Here's number four. You're never the same after you meet with Jesus. You're never the same after you meet with Jesus. Second Corinthians chapter five says it like this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. So be careful. If you make your move, if you bust a move, and God calls you down from a tree, watch out because you won't be the way you were. You're going to change. This happens once when we receive Jesus as our Savior. Like, like it happens. Our spirit was dead and then becomes alive. So this happens once when we become a Christian. And every day after that. We keep changing. We keep changing. Why? Because we keep meeting with Jesus. 
The closer we get with Jesus, the, the more that we see in our lives that doesn't align with him. It's just like that sycamore, that picture of the, of the sycamore tree. When you had the, the, the shot, the full shot, you didn't see Zacchaeus in the tree until we zoomed in. He wasn't there, but... We, When you get closer and closer to Jesus, every time you move a little bit closer to Jesus, you learn what he looks like more. And if you're supposed to look like him, and you are, you got to get just a little closer. And when you think that that you got it together, hey, bro, take a step. You're not seeing everything. You get a little closer to Jesus. You got to make your move, and then God will find you. And you won't be the way you were. You just won't be the way you were. Don't be ashamed when it's time for a fresh start, a recommitment. Every day should be that. I feel like, I feel like sometimes we, there's like a, if you want to recommit your life to the Lord and people go, oh, I don't want to do that. People think I'm bad. Who doesn't want to recommit every day? Today's, I'm, again, Committing my life again to you. I'm going to do it again tomorrow. Who wouldn't want that? If you believe that we are never the same after meeting with Jesus, do you believe that? When you meet with Jesus, you're not the same as you were? Then you have to ask yourself the question, how different are you than last week? This mic wasn't so expensive, I'd drop it. Am I still welcoming Jesus in my life? The proof is in the pudding. Pastor David, can you come on up? Just get going a little bit. How different are you than last week? If you're not different spiritually than you were last week, are you busting a move? Are you meeting with Jesus enough? Is your pride less than it was? Is your anger less than it was? Are your feelings of worthlessness less than they were? Is your victory over temptation more? Is your desire to help the lost find Jesus greater? Is your desire to allow Jesus have control over every aspect of your life growing? If it's not, if the answers of any of those are no, you're probably not making your move enough. Would you stand with me? Can we lean in towards the Lord? Towards whatever God wants to do? Let's pray. Lord, we recognize that the enemy has tried a lot of things to hold us back. Lord, I pray for the believer who's not sure what it is, who thinks the enemy is not working in their life. Lord, I pray you'd show them right now where the enemy is working. Make them aware of what the enemy is doing in their life. He wants to kill us. He wants to destroy us. And he's always at work. Show us. 
Show us our next move, God. Speak to each of us. Where our sycamore fig tree is. What do we need to do to be serious with you? Speak to us, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would respond to your people's commitments, respond to your people's they surrender. May we never be the same. Lord, thank you for loving and calling out dirty, rotten scoundrels like us. Lord, we want to respond to you. We want to respond to your deep love. Lord, you died for us. You made a way for us to to be with you. Lord, we want to make our move and lean into you. Lord, when we meet with you, Lord, I pray that we would uh, find the strength in you to live out our life in a progressive manner, closer and closer to you every day. It's our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. God has great things in store for each of you. And I believe as you make that move, uh, make those moves this week, I believe God's going to do something great in your life. Go with God. You're dismissed.